You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Amen. If you would open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. While you're turning there, let me remind everybody that next week is our Better Together. We'll have music, we'll have message, uh, we'll have communion. But before then, at 945, we're going to have a very, very big breakfast, okay? And for those of you who have been here for a while, you know how we like to eat around here, amen? So we're going to be doing that, and that will be in the back building in our fellowship room So I look forward to seeing you there. So today we conclude our series on the Ten Commandments. And today we're going to look at Commandment 8, 9, and 10. And it won't take that long. Uh, Tomorrow's a holiday, so don't worry about getting out here anytime soon, okay? But But seriously, 8, 9, and 10, because they all deal with integrity. They're called the Integrity Commandments. And this morning... We're going to talk about how to maintain and not lose our integrity. How do we live a life of integrity? This past year, as all of us know, we faced a worldwide pandemic. The world shut down. Businesses shut down. Churches shut down. And we're still in the process of figuring it out on what it's going to look like even after this pandemic. We're actually in a crisis in regard to the church in America. Even now, believe it or not, many churches are not gathering like they were. The church in America is in a crisis because some churches haven't been able to gather like they did and relaunch particular ministries. Some churches, believe it or not, are requiring every member to be vaccinated before they return. There are many businesses that are still in a crisis. And on top of what is happening, and maybe for you personally, there's a crisis where perhaps you lost your job, especially if it was in sales, and sales just started going down, spiraling the wrong way because of this pandemic, and they just kind of plummeted. And so for you, there is a personal crisis. It seems like there's just one crisis right after the other. All of us are pretty much up to date on the crisis in Afghanistan. Last Sunday, in Louisiana, the surrounding states, they were decimated by Hurricane Ida. There seems to be one crisis after another. But what I want to lay on your heart this morning is what I believe is the fundamental truth. You and I will never face a worse crisis than the crisis of integrity. You and I make decisions every day that have huge consequences. We make decisions every day that will either maintain our integrity or cause us to lose our integrity. So again, these last three commandments deal with integrity. And what you and I are going to learn this morning 
is that it's far better for you to lose your business than it is for you to lose your integrity. It's better for you to lose a friend than lose your integrity. So if you would, you can look on the screen or in your Bible, beginning with verse 15 of Exodus chapter 20. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So God tells us in these verses, don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie, and no coveting. I mean, these commandments hit us right where we live. I'm going to say it again. Every day, you and I make decisions. Sometimes small decisions. But they have huge consequences. Do I lie to get ahead or to get my way? Do I cheat or do I play fair? Do I covet or do I learn to be content with what I have? You see, integrity is a very, very powerful thing. For example, it is the very key to leadership. It is the power that fuels leadership. Integrity is the most important quality of a leader because without integrity, there is no credibility to lead. Because leadership is influence, and without integrity, you have no influence. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs. Sound leadership is founded on loving integrity. If we would agree that leadership is influence without integrity, without credibility, you have no influence. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 3. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. I've been thinking recently a lot about integrity and about leadership. I've been thinking about the state of our world, the state of our nation, and the state of our everything, our families today. And I've come to this conclusion. Look at this. You know the world doesn't need more people to tell us what to do. We need people who will show us how to do it and be an example that we can follow. You agree with that? What this nation needs what this world needs are some people who can give us the example of what it looks like to have a happy, healthy, and holy marriage. What this world doesn't need, what this nation doesn't need is another sermon. We have plenty of sermons. In this city this morning, there are a lot of sermons that are being preached. What we need is someone to show us how to do it, how to live it out, how to take this Bible and live it out in our daily life. That's what a leader does. A leader without integrity is no leader at all. That's not only the key to leadership, but integrity is the foundation of every relationship, every good relationship, every healthy relationship, every great relationship must have as its foundation integrity. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from our sins. But here's the deal. If we step out of the light, if we step away from the truth, if we step away from honesty, honesty, then we don't have fellowship. We don't have the foundation of a relationship. The foundation of the relationship in your marriage, in your friendship, must be honesty, must be trust. I mean, what kind of marriage do you have if you don't have trust? What kind of friendships do you have if you don't have trust? So we need to understand this morning that integrity is crucial. It's not, it is not only the key to leadership, but it's certainly the foundation of relationships. There are some of you here this morning, and there are some of you who are watching online. And you know in the key relationship in your life, and it can be a parent, it can be a spouse, and there's this strained relationship because you do not have trust. You do not have honesty. Integrity is crucial. It is the foundation to build a great relationship. So it's not only the key to leadership. It's not only the foundation for relationship, but it's certainly the pathway to personal peace. How many of you would really just like to have peace today? Proverbs 10.9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. You see, the greatest benefits of integrity is just having peace of mind, peace with God, peace with others. Being able to lay your head down at night with a clear conscience. It all comes from integrity. Now, the word integrity has its root meaning to be undivided. To be undivided. The issue today is what we're seeing in our nation. How much integrity was there in getting our people out from Afghanistan? What, are, what we're seeing all around us is that people are divided. Families are divided. Churches are divided. Our nation is divided. We compartmentalize our lives. We have one particular way that we act and live at work. We have this one particular way, a different kind of way that we act and live at home. And there's even this third kind of way we present. Believe it or not, the way we present ourselves at church. We have a private life, and then we have a public life. We have what really goes on in our life, and then we have a whole other life that we try to project out on social media. Man, I've seen things on social media, people I know that are lost as lost can be. And they will put scripture, they will put this, and they will put that. It's just amazing. What we're seeing today is that we are seeing people who are living divided lives. See, you are one way publicly, 
but you are another way privately. And you have compartmentalized your life. You are a divided person. You see, to be a person of integrity, to live a life of integrity, is simply to be real. It's simply just to be genuine. So the question before us this morning is how do I live a life of integrity? Now I'm just going to share two simple things this morning. And the first is this. In order to live a life of integrity, I must make God's values my values. I must make God's values my values. I must decide what my priorities are. What are my values? What's really important in my life? Because listen, if you don't determine or decide what your values are, what your priorities are, then friend, listen, somebody else will decide for you. Someone will push you from this to that, from this area to that area, from this belief to that belief. Because we're all influenced. If we're running, if we're hanging around somebody that's yeah, yang negatively, we're going to become negative. If we're around here, yeah, yeah, in a good way, somebody who's positive, we're going to be positive. We're always giving influence and receiving influence. We need to understand that this morning. Someone will push, push you from this belief to that, from this area to that area, from this belief to that belief. That's what happens. They will set your schedule for you if you don't personally determine what your values are, what your priorities are. We must decide. What is my internal compass? The good news is that for the last several weeks, we have been studying God's values. You see, the Ten Commandments are God's values, God's priority. It is the moral compass because it's His moral compass. So to help you, let's lay out three values that God gives us in Commandments 8 through 10. In Commandment number 8, there is the value of honesty. The value of honesty. You shall not steal. What is God saying? Don't steal. Don't cheat. Don't cheat when you're at work. Don't cheat when you're at home. Don't fudge the truth. Don't cheat in your hobby. Don't cheat when it's your job. If it's your work and when you're at work. Where you work, you're to give all that you are because if you are just half-hearted at work, you are cheating your employer. You are cheating yourself and you are cheating God. Tell the truth. Be honest. Don't cheat. Don't cheat yourself. Live the life of honesty and how you live your life. The story is told of a man who used to build homes, a lot of great homes, a lot of luxury homes. And he had built hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes. And what he decided to do, he was getting up there in age, and he decided to turn the business over to his son, who was his partner, always building homes with him. And so he went and he began to tell his son his idea. And then the son was getting so excited because now he could give advice and start taking the own advice that he had kind of been giving his daddy, but his daddy, you know, thought he had better advice, and the daddy really did. So he said, son, listen, in order for this to work, this is going to be my last house. But in order for you to take over this business, I want you to build this house all 
by yourself. And so the son was super excited. And the son started thinking, man, let me tell you, if I can cut the corner right here, if I can just put a kind of a, the foundation, if I can just kind of do this to the slab, if I can kind of do this, you know where this is heading? And he was cutting corner after corner after corner after corner. But boy, he was excited. I mean, he bought everything at a cheaper price, even paying for cheap labor. Well, finally, it was complete and it was done. And he stood there with his father in the house after they received their certificate of occupancy. And the son took the keys to the house and gave them to the dad and said, Dad, it's done. And the dad said, Son, congratulations, as you now have control of the business. But I just have one last request. That as long as you run this business, and he gives him the keys and says, This is now your new house. <laughs> now, that's a great lesson in this story. Because the life you live, the life that you build, or the lack thereof, is the life that you'll live in. You're really going to build it on the principles and truths and values that God has given or you're not. And what God says in his word that these are my values and my values need to become your values. There is the value of honesty, but there's also the value of truth. The value of truth. Truth is a lost thing today in our world. Look at the next verse, verse 16. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie. Speak the truth. The truth, by the way, is in trouble today. Amen? You know that, don't you? Be consistent. Sometimes in speaking the truth and telling the truth, it causes pain. It causes problems. But in the end, it will always set you free. When the burden is overwhelming, you may feel the pressure to cave in. That's kind of how you get tempted by the devil. But one thing God has taught me over the last several years is this. He does not want me to back down from difficult situations or sacrifice my integrity. He wants me to trust him through these challenges and learn from him. Learn from them. People can't take your integrity. You have to give it away. We need to understand that this morning. And remember, if you're a child of God, he fights your battles. So there's the value of truth, and there's the value of honesty, and there's also the value of contentment. Look at the next verse, verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Do not Covet. What he's simply saying is this. Don't envy what other people have. You see, the root to a lot of lying and the root to a lot of cheating is envying what someone else has. 
And what envy does, it actually drains you of your passion for life. And it could be someone's possessions, someone's gifts, or someone's talents, or their abilities. You become so envious of what they have or what they can do. And here's the most devastating thing about envy. When you're envying what somebody else has or what they do, you absolutely forget what God has given you. If you're here this morning and you have clothes on your back and you have breath in your lungs, you have a lot. Two of you believe that. Do you believe that statement? Amen. You know why? Because God made you unique. That's why we need to concentrate on what God's given us. We're one of a kind. You miss out on the path and the plan God is trying to do in your life right now because your eyes are on someone else. What they have, what they can do. And most of these other sins are because of envy. Proverbs 14.30 says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Rot. Envy rots the bones. Envy rots us and drains us of our passion for living and for life. Envy drains us emotionally. And envy also drains us physically. We're living such divided lives. And God says, we've got to bring this back, and you need to be a person of integrity. You need to be real. You need to be genuine. You need to be honest. And, you, and on how you become that person, listen, God's values need to become your values. And by the way, I would say this. It doesn't matter what the Internet says. And it doesn't matter what your friends say. You don't have the luxury of saying, I'm going to pick this value, and I'm going to pick this value, and I'm going to take those values. But now these other values, they just don't fit into my belief system. These are God's values. And His values need to become your values. Last, number two. Integrate my values into my actions. That's really what integrity is. Integrity is integrating my values into my actions. What I say I believe into my daily actions. Listen, there is in America and there is in the church in America what I like to call an integrity gap, which means what we say we believe is how we actually live our life. There is a gap, I think, with each passing year. There seems to be an increase in this gap. Even among those who say they are Christian. Some say, this is what I, I say I believe, and over here is what I actually live out. For example, some may say, well, my health is important to me, but how I live and what I take in and what I eat and what I do to my body does not correlate to that. There's a gap between what I say I believe and what I actually do. Here's another example of what someone may say. My wife is important to me. And yet so often, we let work take precedence 
I say that my marriage is important, but I'm not investing. I'm not spending time. My calendar just doesn't reflect it. I'm saying that I believe one thing, but how I'm actually living out my life is another. Here's another. My family, my children are so important to me. In fact, they're the most important things to me in my life. But where is the time that you're giving them? You see, much of the strain, much of the difficulty that you're experiencing, that you who are here in this room and who are watching online, is that you say your spouse or that your marriage is the most important, but your actions don't reflect it. Here's another example. My faith is so important to me. You know, my relationship to God is the most important thing in my life. Can I ask you a question? When is the last time you shared Christ with someone? You know the next question, if you've been here any length of time. When is the last time you tried? But my faith is the most important. My faith. My faith. Yet it's not reflected in your schedule. It's not reflected in your relationships. It's not reflected in your service. It's not reflected in your giving or your generosity. But God is so important in my life. This is the integrity gap. And if we're ever going to make an impact, if we're ever going to make a difference in the church of the risen Christ today, it is when we narrow the gap. The narrowing, the narrowing of the gap, by the way, is the gap in our lives that causes so much of the stress and anxiety. The reason we have so much stress in our lives is because, quite honestly, watch this, we're just not being real. We're just not being genuine because I have to keep up with this facade here. I got to keep this facade up because this image that I'm projecting isn't who I really am. So that gap, it causes stress. It causes anxiety. So the goal is to reduce the integrity gap. To align my values, my actions, so there's not a gap. So these are my values. These are my beliefs. And I'm going to line them up with my actions that God has told me to do. And by the way, when we align our values with our actions... There comes great power, great blessings, and great benefits. Do you remember uh, early on, I think it was our very first week in this series, we started walking through these things I call timeless truths. And I said this to you. First of all, understand that we've all broken these commandments. But I also said this, I said that when you break a commandment, you not only break the commandment, but the commandment also breaks, say it, you. So we are all this morning broken. All of us here are a mess. That's who we are. We are just a bunch of broken, messy people. You, again, who are watching online, 
we're all broken. Now listen very carefully. One of the main purposes of the Ten Commandments is to drive us and push us to the great healer. That's the purpose of it. And we need to understand that this morning. To drive us and push us to the great healer. You know who that is? Jesus Christ. We not only break these, but they also break us because we are all broken. Now, how do I align myself? How do I reduce the integrity gap? To be a man or a woman of integrity does not mean that you have it all together. That's not what it means. To be a man or a woman of integrity is to be real. It's to be genuine and it's to be honest. Why? Because we're all broken. No single person in this place today has it all together. So the first step that you can take this morning to close an integrity gap is to be honest. To be honest with yourself and to be honest with God. Because, see, we have a secret sin. We have a habit. We have an addiction. We have an issue at home. There's difficulty in our marriage. We have a problem with our kids. There are some relationships that are very, very strained. But you see, we project this image that everything is so good. Everything is great. We're not being real. We're not being honest. And until we get honest with ourselves and honest with God, He can't help you. And we need to be honest enough this morning to say, I need the healer to heal my brokenness. So let me close. Dwight L. Moody said this. Out of 100 men, only one read their Bible. The other 99 will read the Christian. You see, the Ten Commandments were given over 3,000 years ago to point us to Jesus, the great healer. Because we can't keep them. But 2,000 years ago, God sent His one and only Son. By His sacrifice and by His atoning work so that we could be healed. So we can be forgiven. So today, we need to confess sin. We need to be honest with ourselves, and we need to be honest with God, and we need to say to God, the Creator, and to His Son, our Savior, my life is broken. My life is a mess. And Lord, I've got sins in my life. I've got stains of sin in my life. And God, I ask you, the healer, to forgive me of my sins. And remove this stuff and instill in me a life of integrity. And no matter how deep the stain of your sin, he says, I can forgive you right now in this moment because of what I've done on the cross for you. You see, the greatest thing again about the Ten Commandments is that they point you to the healer. Again, we're all broken. But brokenness leads to blessedness when we come to the blessed one and he receives forgiveness 
We receive forgiveness and we receive grace. Would you bow your heads with every head bowed and every eye closed? And we're going to have a moment of invitation. And I understand that no one wants to come forward and say, well, I cheated, I stole, I lied, I covet, whatever. We've all done this in some time in our lives, if we just be honest. But this morning, if you need to come to the altar for anything, and just pray again for yourself, your family, our church, our nation, you can come this morning. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you can come and take me by the hand, and I'll be glad to lead you to Him. So this morning, have you been lying about something or someone? Have you stolen something from someone or from God? I mean, in His tithes and offerings. Have you been cheating in your work, at school, your taxes? Are you coveting what someone else has? Just ask God to forgive you that, and guess what? He'll do it. So, Father, I know today has, boy, your word is just sharper than any two-edged sword. And, Lord, I know it never, ever returns void. But, Lord, today, I would ask that you would help all of us to understand that we're only in this building today because of the grace of God. So, Lord, whatever we need today to do to get right with you, I pray that we would do it. I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.